0: Well, at this point, you've heard Kato, and you've heard about Gus, but you know what they say, last is not always least, and in fact, you save the best for last, and that is what we've done here. Take that, Devin (laughs) and Shane. Hi, Avon.
1: Hi, Dwayne. What's up?
0: Are you ready to make an emotional bond with a character that may or may not survive?
1: yeah I'll be sad but it's it's happening and okay, I'm good. going to because love her and then if she dies I'm okay right
0: because let me tell you <laughs> you don't necessarily have a guarantee to make it out of your own backstory <laughs> just so just so yeah you know. okay okay good
1: well right, let's next. let's hope I, I get through it
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a weird threat to give somebody hey this is your backstory you may not make it um <laughs> hey why don't you talk about... Darling. Why don't you tell us about her?
1: Ooh, Darling deringer Uh she is a whole lot of fun. Uh, she is going to be a fox folk. Um on the short end for sure. Maybe like five two at best. She won't be real cute, a little, little little soft and plump. Um She has short blue hair with kinda of like white underneath tones, I think that's where it... yeah, that's close enough and a long blue tail with a little white at the ends she's got cute little, little fox ears as well and uh, she normally dresses with um, like adventuring gear for sure but her preferred thing is kind of like a crop top look but she just chopped off a uh, poet shirt <laughs> it's still long sleeves underneath, uh, and probably a signature leather jacket as well. But it's got a little white fluff just to be a little more different.
0: Yeah, a little different from old Daddy Dearest.
1: Yeah, just a little bit.
0: That's fair. There's 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 some cues in there. Uh, what about what about your class and your subclass? What are we doing?
1: My, my class? I'm going to be playing a bard this time around. I think it's going to be fun, a little bit different from B for sure. Um, and I'm going to do a homebrewed subclass with the College of Botany, so a little, a little more plant-based. Maybe more Wen-inspired. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, that's that should be interesting. Wen is known for being chaotic at best. I uh, for 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 two things. One, I love darling. She uh, tiny little thing in my mind. Like I understand that she's a normal sized person, but I just after like writing and reading, it's like this tiny little thing. And I love. I mean, compared to her
1: brothers. (laughs) Oh,
0: for sure, for sure. Um, I love that you called your race fox folk. Is that what I heard? Yes. I love that way better than kids soon. So fox folk, it will be. Um, I wanted
1: to do a little, like, disjointed from what real life is.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Fox Folk. And so that that is uh, canon in Goron now. I won't I won't call it anything else unless it's uh, <laughs> for flavor. So thank you for cementing that into the world. Because uh, I'm just going to erase where it says Kitsune. And I'm going to say Fox Folk and move on with our one-shot perfect well she is a beautiful did <sighs> no that that questions for later that's fine um let's get right into it Visage of an older Declan Derranger. The same brown fedora styled hat. Walking at his side is a young Gus. The two come upon a wagon, and the wagon is tipped on its side. The smell of smoke fills the air, and Declan sees flames begin to sputter to life. Declan says, gus check the surroundings for survivors or enemies if it's hostile hostile do not engage gus nods and shifts into a white black colored owl and takes flight declan rushes to the wagon and finds that there's no one inside he looks around and surveys the area he sees a scuff scuffling 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 of footprints in the ground he can tell there was a commotion he can tell that whoever stood here did not give in easily and did not go in go willing Declan says what kind of fight happened here as he looks around the wagon the fire begins to grow And that's when he hears the small, meek cry of a baby. Ducklin begins to rummage through the wagon. He rushes. He's tossing out masks, costumes, makeup boxes, and more as he frantically looks for the sound of this baby. As it begins to cry, smoke fills his lungs. (laughs) He coughs and, and takes deep, long... Soot filled breaths as he continues to tear this wagon apart, looking for the sound of the small child. Declan finds a small side table wedged in by a cot, clearly stuck from the disarray. He yanks and pulls at the drawer and he opens it to find a small baby wrapped in a blanket. He pulls this bundle of joy from the wagon as the flames begin to consume it he leaps out of the wagon almost rolling to the ground pulling this small child to his chest doing everything he can to protect her he coughs (coughs) and he gets to his feet and he, he very gingerly opens the blanket to see tiny little fox ears pop open and amber eyes. And Declan says, Well, what do we have here? Gus returns and gives Declan a shake of the head. Well, if no one is around to care for you, I suppose we will. At least until we find your parents. Aren't you a dog? Declan says as he nuzzles the small infant with his nose. Gus, go ahead back home tell kato of our new guests the years pass the sun sets and the moon rises and goron spins and the world turns and we find ourselves where we often find darling in the woods behind the Daringer estate just past the ginger root orch- orchard we see a young, preteenish darling on her own once again playing. What does preteen darling look like? Like attire? Is she full of spunk and attitude? Is she reserved or meek? Tell me about preteen darling.
1: Uh, I still think she's still small, right? But that scrangly... Skinny, small, it full of spunk, like clothes all messy, ready to roll around outside. But come on, we're in the Daringer Estate. She's probably got lots of little pretty dresses, uh, like frilly and bows and all that stuff, um, lace, whatever. Just the whole nine yards of real heckin' cute. But it, it's definitely not a dress that you see proper company in this is definitely one she runs around in and probably has a few tears in.
0: Like a play dress, like a yard dress. Oh, yeah. What is it that Darlene is doing, or what game is she playing off in the woods all alone?
1: I like to think she pretends to hunt out in the woods. Um, just kind of like, uh, set little bunny traps, or see if she can find deer tracks, um, what interesting things come under the rocks be the adventurer and explorer she wants to be but in the safety of her backyard
0: this is an important question and, mm-hmm. and I this will be the DM remembers this when you set these traps is it catch and release or do you set these traps to kill
1: it's catch and release
0: excellent good to know and, and so you're playing your game in this woods, you're frolicking, and enjoying being alone, away from the brothers and sisters, and the noise of the Daringer Estate. And while the Daringer Estate is never a terrible place to be, the one thing that is hard to find is solitude and quiet. And often, Darling finds herself alone in the woods to find just that, solitude and quiet unfortunately her playtime is interrupted and you you see the visage of a young half orc and a young elf come into view and almost surprise her and you hear this orc start in on her oh look if it isn't our little darling Out here all alone again, it's a shame no one wants to play with you, given your... defects.
1: I have defects.
0: Uh... Well, I'm not saying Wynn makes mistakes, given he makes tree people. But I'm not sure if he was just making a fox or making a person. And got bored somewhere in between.
1: Well, how do you know you're not the mistake? Look at you. Those little pokey teeth.
0: Well, I'll have you know these teeth are for biting and snatching. And half-orcs are powerful. What
1: yeah, are and I have teeth. Look at these claws.
0: I've seen scarier things on those hares that you hunt.
1: Uh-huh just wait until I gather my rabbit army and then you're going to be gone
0: I, I've I've not been scared of much but a rabbit army doesn't change that I, I that's the weirdest threat I've heard today <laughs> I got off guard by that honestly
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, they can be quite vicious if you let them be look at those little teeth Those eyeballs—they're so mean. Look at them.
0: Oh, ferocious! I'm sure. Uh, At least they know what they are. One thing, as it were. It's not my fault that your family was a bunch of half-bloods.
1: My family's not a whole bunch of half-bloods. They're all the—they have all of the blood. That's you leave them out.
0: Do they, though?
1: I feel like she kind of, like... <laughs> Her hair's all prickle up, and they're all blue, and it's just... It's... Just so angry and frustrated, and this kid is just... What the f- Heck, are they... Uh, and then... I feel like with all of that rage... that she's got in her little tiny body she explodes and turns into a little fox like an actual fox like full on, full bodied
0: Uh, uh, uh. I I knew there was something wrong with you
1: she growls uh,
0: don't growl at me and he kicks at you
1: oh she's gonna go and bite him
0: Uh, roll me a dexterity saving throw we're not gonna do like attack rolls against a child's AC just do a dexterity saving throw 11. Yeah, that's good enough. You're you're being kicked at by a child. So he kicks and, and you're swift enough to be able to, like, leap out of the way. What do you do next?
1: Um... I think she's going to fight him. She's got <laughs> teeth. She's got claws. Okay. This guy's insulting her family and she loves them. Fuck this guy.
0: Okay, Pick yeah. this guy up. Yeah, this this other child. Attack. What do you want to do? Do you want to attack?
1: Uh yeah I'm attacking yeah roll an attack give me a second I need to find the little sheet that tells me how to be a fox
0: uh, for the sake of continuity and expedition just do a melee attack yeah, this sure. isn't gonna break down into you taking him down and knocking him unconscious and bleeding him out so
1: how's an 11
0: <laughs> uh, it's successful again child both of you children um. <laughs> uh, tell me what your attack looks like. Are you jumping up and clawing? Is it Biden? Is it gnashing? What's the This strategy is, this is like
1: jumping up and clawing, trying to like grab hold with little little fox teeth in your shoulder, just like rip up his clothes as much as she can pull off of this guy. And you I do you it. leap
0: up and and you <laughs> kind of get up on his sh- on uh, his shoulder and you're clawing and, and tearing, and help. And you see this young elf uh, run over and just grab you by the tail. Uh, do an athletics uh, check for me, please.
1: How's a nineteen?
0: Uh, pretty darn good, but we're gonna see what that compares against. Do 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 do. Uh, pretty darn good. Um. So the, the elf grabs your tail and yanks. And, and the fucking pain that comes with having your tail pulled. However, you don't let up grip. And so basically, the elf just pulls you down this half orc's arm. And you just make this long red stretch of like blood and pain. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And the orc yells out, fucking mangy. And he like shakes, 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 shakes. Uh, and eventually, he's able to shake you free and toss you. Um and the orc this half orc uh bell starts to kinda like sob <laughs> uh, uh, I'm telling and runs. And you see, she'll the, do that like chase
1: after run and like with the little yips foxes make, just like garl- <laughs> growls and snarls, but like she won't cross a line at some point. But she'll yeah, so let him. Still run enough away. of a chase to yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. run
0: him off. Love that. Uh, and you this see is my the,
1: territory. Back off.
0: The female elf that was with the work. Um, fair enough. And she bolts. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've, you've uh, defeated your combat scenario. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, I survived. We, we see a darling here in the woods in, in, in the seclusion of her own imagination, but now a fox. How is uh, Darlene handling that?
1: Actually, this is pretty cool. This feels awesome. She's gonna run around, do little zoomies.
0: This is the first time Darlene's ever turned into a fox, yeah?
1: Yeah. She, she's, she, she's not sure what's happening. This is all really cool. Like, I can, I can run and jump and probably chase after those little rabbits. I won't kill them. But, oh man, is this fun? Um, I think after she's had her fill, she'll, like, happily strut back home. Still in fox form. She hasn't figured out how to undo it yet, but this this is fine.
0: (laughs) And so we watch as a young fox form darling runs around the woods and makes rabbits, hares, perhaps small birds, her playthings. Never killing, never maiming, just putting the fear of the fox folk in them. <laughs> and we see this beautiful little fox almost prancing home. Are you able to remove form, or do you go into this home in form?
1: I think once you found the problem of the door, uh, She turns back (laughs) It's like hmm this is a problem I need to be The bigger me
0: And it's not Until you've you've been met with the the Brutal obstacle that is the door Handle that you're able Mm -hmm. to Transform I like that We flash Forward just a small Bit later that Night When our darling is tucked in the bed do me a favor, darling. Describe uh, your your childhood room.
1: Um I think it's very fun in there. I think it's painted bright blue. Um she asked for pictures of the clouds on the wall, so some of it's in frames and with like scenic whatevers, but like some of it actually drawn on the wall. She's got like little strings of various like butterflies or bugs kind of going throughout the ceiling or even little danglies of paper cranes or whatever she could get her hands on or even kid made it's gonna be like the little like clothespin papers coming out for your Mm -hmm. butterflies um and then all her other things are kind of like in soft blues um and just kind of like a fun child's playroom vibe some treasures from outside, like various uh, cool flowers uh, or sticks, uh, maybe a rock that looked like somebody's face.
0: Very innocent, as all as all young rooms are. And as Darlin is tucked into bed, we see Declan sitting in a chair, and draped across the back of this rocking chair is a a, a, a soft rosy red baby blanket draped across something that Declan couldn't quite part with and couldn't quite let darling part with Declan sits in this chair beside her with a moss colored book in his hands and the binding reads The Wonders of Wynne Declan says says to his small darling before we read a story tonight we need to talk about what happened today with Boston and Twixie nothing to talk
1: about
0: I saw Boston and Twixie had quite the scare what happened
1: (laughs) They, they, they were making fun of me and the family they weren't being very nice
0: and he like looks at you to like go on
1: I I I bit him and I scratched him <laughs> and I she like does a little small like smile I turned into a fox.
0: And you you see you see Declan have what can only be um A mix of frustration and pride, which all all parents are familiar with the feeling of excitement, but still the requirement of fulfilling the parent role, even when joy approaches. And he says, That is is wonderful. I'm so proud of you. I wasn't sure when the day would come that you would be able to embrace your roots but darling violence wasn't the answer there I know he used terrible words but don't be don't let Boston stoop you down to his level and win with experience don't be so hot headed
1: well how how do I put cold on my head
0: Deep breaths. Always deep breaths. But I'm impressed. You managed to turn into a fox and return all on the same day. That's impressive. Some little foxlings spend days in their transformation their first time. And he kind of ruffles her hair a little bit.
1: (laughs) Well, the door was a problem. How was I supposed to get inside the house?
0: (laughs) You make... a very valid point, my love. Anyways.
1: Oh. You're gonna have to put in a tiny door for me if I can't go back? Is this gonna be a problem?
0: We'll crack a window. And he opens the Wonders of wind and flips your page. Now, <clears throat> where were we? And our vision drifts off, as, and we watch as Declan resumes reading to Darling, and we can only hear the muffled words, but we can see Darling, her eyes glued to Declan as he begins the
1: story anew.
0: Years come and years go, and it is only the ravage of time that can explain what impact youth can have in the absence of one's father during this time. While Declan was there when Darling was young, his adventures eventually called him away. We shift into a scene of the Daringer Manor, well kept, lively. Still plenty of people there. Brothers, sisters. Cato was gone. Gus is gone. And we see We see our darling. Barely sixteen years of age. And she's putting things in a bag. She appears to be packing. What's one thing you make sure you pack? For sure.
1: For sentimental value, it would be The Wonders of When, for sure. That book is going in that bag. Um, And then the blanket that Dad still kept around. Um, And then, uh, of course, like clothes and other various things you'll probably need while out there. She's seen... Declan pack many things on their yeah. adventures, as well as Kato and And she's it's. helped,
0: I think. She's helped pack and help arrange things when uh, Declan was going.
1: Yeah, um... And it, she's just, like, stuffing it all in there. Like, it's not even orderly or anything. It's like she's determined to go, and nobody in this house is going to stop her. Um... Uh, she'll look around at a room, uh, still similar in nature, like maybe a little less youngish. Uh, more books, more papers, journals, other fun things on the wall. Uh, papers, pens, um, things for crafting, lots of maps, just all sorts of things. Um, and eh, she'll look around she like throw her bag over her shoulder Make sure she's got her leather jacket on With the little floof And then Leave <laughs> if it, so, she, she peeks out the door though To make sure no yeah, one's around
0: Yeah I was about to say does she leave in the night And does she tell anyone that she's leaving
1: No she does not um, There will be more in the night and I bet there are some night owls In the family but so I don't think kids
0: like pay much attention, right? You've got a, a bag mm-hmm. or two uh, and it's not uncommon for you to go out. It's not uncommon for you to take a bag. I don't think anyone in the Derringer estate expected this to be your last night there.
1: No. She didn't tell anyone. She just leaves. Walks out the door like she was doing her normal day anywhere else.
0: Hmm. all right and so she travels and she travels for what feels like a long time until she sets up camp what does setting up camp for her look like on that first night and how does how does that feel for her
1: I feel like she tried the whole tent and a stick thing <laughs> and sure it's all right but it was late and she was tired, uh, so she kind of just like vaguely puts it up. Besides, uh, eh, it's off. it's okay. It's too small. I didn't do a great job, so she's just gonna curl up in fox form and just kind of sleep in there.
0: And so uh, as you um, make sure
1: her head is poking out so she can see the outside.
0: And before you go to sleep and before you curl up and before. You're getting cozy for bed. You're unpacking things, right? You're getting your tent, your rations. And you find... Uh, in your bag... A small parcel. And when you open it... You find a small envelope. Um, sorry, excuse me. You find a, a small envelope. Not a parcel. Like a thick envelope in your bag. With your name on it. In Declan's handwriting. Um, and... Inside the envelope There's a small piece of paper Folded in half And a small message And that message reads Darling I understand why you left But I want you to remember If ever you get lost Go Hothbound And inside the envelope Is a necklace with a golden coin On it The coin is made up of two rings The main coin with the Derringer family crest on it and the second with a thin outer ring that's plain except for one arrow pointing away from the crest, uh, and the outer ring kind of spins freely. The other thing that you notice as you're unpacking your bag um, and you just open um, the the Wonders of wind, there's an inscription that wasn't there the day before, or at least the last time you read it. And the inscription inside the the cover of The Wonders of Wen reads, Darling, I'm proud of who you've become. I hope these stories remind you that anything is possible, and of the time we spent together sharing laughter and tears over them. I'll always be here for you, even if I've been more absent of late. I love you. Proudly, Dad.
1: I think darling would have affectionately called him toddy.
0: Excuse I feel me. like maybe that's proudly how he said it. you're toddy.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um, however, she's not in a mood for sentiments. so fair enough. that, that letter gets all crumpled up and stuffed back in her bag. She'll stare at the book for a minute and then also stuff that back in her bag. She wasn't in the mood for that. And just stare up at the stars.
0: And she does. And sleep finds you. The days go by and we watch our young darling grow into a young woman. Passing from city to city, from forest to forest, river to river. And the years go on. It isn't until Darling really finds her footing when she decides to join a traveling troop. Darling finds herself upon one of the most amazing troops she's ever seen. Half a dozen wagons or more, full of fire eaters and sword dancers and... Playmakers and music writers and poets. It is the epitome of a circus on wheels, and the name of this troupe, which Darling will affectionately refer to, is the Asylum of Style.
1: Beautiful.
0: Tell me what it was like for Darling to. Find home in a traveling truth.
1: I think she appreciated the noise the most. Um, (laughs) Lots of music, lots of dancing, lots of every bit of chatter. Uh, It was exciting, for sure. uh, To be with a bunch of creative people. Um, I feel like she lit up much more than before. Um, more She blossomed, home. so to speak. Blossomed, so to speak, yeah. Uh, so,
0: as all as all troops do and and, and Darlin is greeted and welcomed wondrously, one box folk are wonderful attractions and wonderful assets to the set. To all plays. And I think I think Darling takes and and joins in where she can she does plays i think joins in a music yeah. but what is what is darling's performance that she's known for as she, as she really starts joining the asylum of style what is it that they start headlining her for they start advertising for her attraction when they come into town's
1: I think her headline would be along the lines of her and her dancing as well as her storytelling during the dances like when she does it feels like the stories come to life Um, most of her inspirations coming from her little book of when and retellings um, of them some of them altered for fun or anything else of the sort Other stories you hear in different areas picking up some of their folklore and legends in that city. Like, oh no, maybe that. Maybe there's a local ghost here that steals cows. Well, here, one of her stories has something similar. How convenient.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that very much. The idea of storytelling and dancing together. And so the years pass. And I, I think she's with the Asylum of Style for a while and I think the most important piece to know here is that not only is it that when you joined the Asylum of Style it was six or seven wagons it has doubled in size you guys have become a name regionally and most importantly you got your own wagon what does that look like? it's a single single horse wagon but what does it look Mm -hmm. like
1: oh man it's decorated to all the nines she could possibly have because I bet she's had lovers who's gifted her things as well as fans and whatnot but there's like fancy drapery everywhere um in like reds and golds a few purples and blues mixed in uh it's definitely a fun sight to see with um I got but magical little fairy lights to dress around it if I can yeah. um, uh, like bells and little things like wind chimes that make little sounds as it go by and she makes sure that they all sound just right um, so that it doesn't clash when they all wiggle around because uh, mm. sometimes you can get a cacophony of sounds and that's, that's not what she wants she wants to sound airy and magical
0: and so, darling, you guys, uh, the Asylum of Style has set up shop, has set up for a wonderful performance. And your, your troupe has been playing for the better part of a day. And you've joined in on music and poetry and this small perform, excuse me, the small performances that you do leading up to the grand show, leading up to the big play that happens that's followed by music and reverie, and then your act comes. What is Darlene's stage name?
1: The Sapphire Muse.
0: That is wonderful, and I love it very much. And so this play has happened, the bands have played, the music has cheered, and this town has come to see you, the Sapphire Muse. Tell me the mood of the song, or of of the dance and story that our Sapphire Muse tells to this town tonight.
1: I feel like it has to be a joyous one. A lot of things have been going on in the world lately, and even though tragedies are much more fun to tell and thrilling and exciting, um, she wants to add more happiness to the world than there is sadness and grief. and. We're still getting over, like, the stuff of doors, I believe. So, add a little happiness. Maybe this little town hasn't seen much in a while. So, an um, upbeat tempo? Upbeat tempo. Fu- fast and fun. Easy to drag the crowd in. So, like, when she goes over to, like, pull somebody in to dance with her. Because she'll do that. and She'll mainly pick... Uh, children to dance with her because they always have the most fun um but every once in a while when there's a handsome stranger that catches her eye she'll drag him in too um hopefully one that doesn't have a lady attached to his arm but we'll see um but that's the move she's going for
0: roll me a performance check as we sit and vibe to this beautiful music that Jen just put behind your performance
1: Uh, It's a nat 20. (laughs) So 27, please.
0: And so you do. The, The Sapphire Muse performs the way she always does. She brings life to the town. She brings happiness. She brings joy. But the asylum of style is known for one thing, and that is professionalism. And so while the party goes crazy and the energy levels are high almost ecstasy filled the asylum never lets it get too far never lets it turn into brawling it is always fun and good and perfect but this party this music this feeling of euphoria that you've almost set forth rolls to the town and uniquely and oddly enough all of the garden around the stage that you guys have manufactured this open area begins to bloom flowers that shouldn't be blooming for months or maybe days weeks they begin to open up they listen to your song and they almost dance as you dance
1: i was gonna say she'll make it part of her act pretend she's doing the magic to make it happen She doesn't know how to explain it herself, but you know, a few little words and whispers to a plant and some fancy hand motions can often give the illusion of this is definitely all planned for sure.
0: (laughs) And as all great things exist and are wonderful, the happy moments of the world are fleeting. As the story, as your show, comes to an end, the crowd cheers and stomps and begs for an encore. Question is, does the Sapphire Muse give them one?
1: Of course she will, but because it's the end of the show, end of the night, uh, end of her turn of all the things, she'll settle down, more calming. And she keeps her book close at heart, um, I imagine maybe tucked underneath a fold of a, her dress piece that maybe flashes out, uh, and it's her book of when. and she'll whisper to all the kids, like, it, come here, come here, and have them all gather around her, and she'll hold her book and tell us a little story. One of her favorite ones that Dad, o- Tadi, always read.
0: If I may, if yeah. I may, Abon, there is a story that is very much, uh, very much in canon and, and lore uh, in the Goron world, which is the story, uh, and, and keeping in in line with her upbeat vibe, but more calm as she settles thing, begins to settle things down. When uh, romances and courts Sinlore's daughter Maliv who is also the moon and that mm-hmm. I imagine that could be a beautiful lower tempo story for her yes if you don't like it that's fine but it just seemed to fit
1: no that no yeah totally romance and all that stuff that can attract any of those little hot dude she has been looking at this Fair evening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and so that's what you do. And with the 27 I, I will just roll that roll in. And so the Sapphire Muse goes out and it's a slower dance I think. It's more methodical and you're bringing the children in and almost teaching them the dance as you go.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's this beautiful tale of love between two powerful beings that like some and many great love stories the odds are stacked against them but together they find happiness even if it's brief and fleeting and your performance ends and while the crowd is upset they're understanding and you see them all walk away with something they didn't come with Happiness, relaxation, the smell of euphoria on their very selves as they leave. How does?
1: She
0: loves it. I was to say, how does she feel?
1: She loves it. She basks in it. She watches them, maybe like peek from behind like a little curtain set piece. Since she does have to go, she doesn't want to linger too much longer and be a distraction. Um. These stories are great. Just watching everyone admire that and walk away with just a little piece extra more than they had before. Um, her tail swishes. like Almost happy like a dog would, kind of. <laughs> uh, it's fast. And it's just... There's an awe-inspired feeling. She wants to do this more than continue her life this way this feels like home this is where she should be kind of feeling
0: and the days pass sunsets and nightfalls and I think one night you come back to your wagon just before family dinner the sound of music in the background the smell of sweet sweet meats and vegetables all being cooked together in this beautiful pot and you know this music in the background this song it's, and, and maybe it's a favorite of yours but it's certainly one that you hear often in the, within the Asylum of Style. You know it as the whimsy of win and upon your desk in your wagon a worn letter sits with your name upon it Dear darling,
1: I know we haven't spoken in a long while. I've failed to write. For that, I'm sorry. I've kept up on your performances. I've heard all about your show, and Yuri, and the marvels you can do. While you've been gone, I've ventured onto my greatest exploration yet. I went to Agos. Uh, I've been there many years, but I've discovered something extraordinary. Something dangerous. I've neglected to share this with anyone outside the Daringer family, for fear that it getting out could cause Goron's next calamity. Please make your way to Egos and then Prentis. Find your sister Vanessa at the Daringer Field Estate in Prentis. Our family crest is on the front of the building; you can't miss it. Vanessa will tell you more once you get there. I'm afraid someone is on my, onto my discovery, and following me hurry darling with all the speed of the wind love toddy
0: and that's where we're going to end the episode
1: I'm hyped. Thank <laughs> you so
0: much for taking these tiny little nuggets and building them into this beautiful story. You did such a wonderful job. Thank you so much. It was way better than I ever could have imagined. All because of you. Aw,
1: thank you. Thank you for starting to create a story where I can join in.
0: <laughs> well, the next thing you all hear is a return to Goron. We love you.
1: We love you. Bye. Bye.